My name is Nathan Perrine, and this is My Life Wildlife. I'm the Assistant Fire Management Officer for the Southern Alaska Refuges. Prior to my taking this new position as the AFMO here, I was a fire and fuels tech at the same refuge uh, for the Kenai for the Southern Alaska Refuges Complex. And I did that for uh, about five and a half years. And uh, before that, I worked for Fish and Wildlife Service out of Minnesota for the Fergus Falls Wetland Management District. And I started my federal career in Colorado working for the Pike National Forest uh, as an engine crew, uh, seasonal crew member. As a young kid, I grew up in Colorado, and um, I guess that was kind of the days before video games were real big and that sort of thing. So, you know, kind of the fun place to be was outside. So, you know, that's where I tried to spend most of my time, and all my friends were out there. And it probably started from that, and then, um, you know, kind of the highlight of my summer was uh, going camping with my, my grandparents. You know, Papa and Grandma would take me and my sister uh, camping in Colorado, and we, we traveled all around, you know, different campgrounds. and, and uh, you know, did a lot of fishing and, and kind of explored, you know, some hiking with them and that sort of thing. And I think, I think it just probably started then, you know, I just really developed a deep appreciation for being outside and just enjoying nature. And uh, that's where I wanted to be. I always wanted to be outside. I guess, you know, right out of high school, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I, I had no idea about fire or anything, but I figured I better go to college. So, you know, I just enrolled at the, at the local junior college and you had to pick a major that you wanted to do. And so I was kind of looking at the list and it was like, you know, accounting and uh, economics and, you know, stuff like that. And it was like, nah, nah, that's definitely not for me. But they had, they had one that was called forestry. And I just, I really had no idea what that even was, but you know, it sounded like, it sounded better than uh, anything with math. So I picked that one. And then, you know, shortly thereafter, they had a career fair day and they had a forester from the Department of Natural Resources. I went up to him immediately and was just kind of asking him, you know, like, well, what is forestry and, you know, what, you know, can you tell me about it? And he, yeah, he was, he was great. You know, he, he told me all about it and it, it sounded great. And then kind of at the end, he just casually mentioned something about, you know, you could be a firefighter in the summer and, you know, it's a good way to make money and that sort of thing. And, you know, I kind of perked right up. I was like, whoa, okay, well, what's that all about? And he's like, ah, yeah, you can do that, but, you know, you, you're going to be gone for a while and probably going to go two weeks without a shower and you're going to sleep in the dirt and it's going to be just hard work and, you know, ash and stuff. And he's like, I don't know if you, you know, you may not want to do that. And it was like, that sounds like exactly what I want to do. So, <laughs> you know, it sounded great to me. So um, turns out there was a, an office right in my little hometown there. So I, I just waltzed in one day, asked at the front desk. I said, well, can I have a application to be a firefighter? <laughs> And it was just that easy. They were like, yeah, sure. So they came out, um, you know, the head forester came out and talked to me for a little bit and said, well, you know, if you're interested, you can come. We're, we're going to have a training in a few weeks. So I just couldn't believe it. I was like, yeah, I will be there with, with bells on. So that's kind of how it started. It was a, a week-long training. We pulled hose and we ran the engines and ran ran through the swamps. And I don't know, I just couldn't believe it. It was it was like the funnest thing I'd ever done. I just thought it was great. And then, um, yeah, I mean, they issued me some Nomex pants and a helmet and, uh, you know, all the gear. And it was just like, you know, I brought it home and kind of laid it on the table. And it was like, wow, I mean, just, just a lot of pride. You know, I was like, I'm a, I think I'm a firefighter. I think I actually am. Like, look at this. I have the gear, you know. <laughs> I vividly remember the first kind of real active initial attack fire that I went on. It's kind of later in the afternoon and uh, there was a big smoke column and there was uh, some scoopers dropping on it in the helicopter and we were bringing in a dozer and you know my boss at the time told me uh, 
he's like, here, here's an ATV. Grab this and a bladder bag and, and go in there. He's like, you have ridden an ATV, right? And I was like, yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. But I mean, in reality, no, I'd never even been on an ATV. But you know, I didn't tell him that. So yeah, I went into the fire and just had absolutely no idea what was happening. I was doing something. I was just kind of watching to see what the other people were doing and just trying to mimic them. And you know, they were putting out little smokes here and there. And uh, yeah, it was just a surreal moment for me. And it was just a great time. And you know, we got out really late that night, at like two in the morning. And they had uh, they brought us some cheeseburgers from the uh, from the cafe, and they had a cooler full of like Gatorade and water, and even some soda pops in there. And it was just like I just couldn't believe how how great this was. You know, I was like you know I, I can't believe I'm actually here like I'm getting paid for this and I'm getting fed like this is like one of the best days of my life <laughs> you know you know my dad had always told me when I was growing up if you find a job you love you'll never work a day in your life and and it was kind of like that's the moment I knew exactly what I wanted to do because that was I, I just can't even explain how how awesome that was for me to to be a part of that so Coming to Alaska really wasn't something that was really on my radar. It just, it was another one of those things that just kind of happened one day. I, you know, I was working in Minnesota and I was really happy with my job there. I loved where I worked, but I saw an outreach notice for uh, a fire tech on the Kenai National Wildlife Refuge. And, you know, just from being a kid, I read, you know, a lot of fishing magazines and that sort of thing. And I know the Kenai River was huge, you know, all the, all the giant salmon. And so I was well aware of that even though I'd you know never been there and it just kind of it really got my wheels spinning like wow that man maybe I should go up there like that that sounds like an awesome job and I kind of looked into it more and talked to the FMO and yeah I was really really lucky but I ended up you know getting that job and kind of moving up here sight unseen. I will say since I've been here I've kind of learned you know more about the salmon runs and um, man that just those salmon just impressed me to no end like just their life cycle that they live, you know, they're born wherever they're born in some some tiny stream, make it out to the ocean, live their lives, and then eventually come all the way back up and, and end up where they were where they started from, you know, based on smell and just that they can survive out there in the in the inlet with, you know, all the nets and the and the and the fishermen on the Kenai and I just I don't know. I, I'm just really they just really impressed me. I, I just think it's it's such a neat such a neat animal. We like to keep fire as a natural process as much as possible, but also the most important part is protecting lives and property, and those those two things do not mix together well. So it's just trying to find that balance, right, of you know the best course of action for any particular fire. One of the good things around here is that mostly around these streams, there, you know, the fuels that grow around them are, are typically like cottonwoods and uh, willows and that sort of thing. So typically, a fire won't burn up to that. And what'll happen is we'll, you know, up in the highlands around the stream, you know, it'll burn really hot and really aggressively and you'll lose all the tree cover, but, but there'll still be quite a bit of trees left right by the bank of the stream, if it is a salmon stream, which will keep that shade and, uh, you know, hopefully keep those temperatures down so that it's, you know, it's not lethal to the salmon. Well, our program right now, we cover six different refuges for 37 million acres. So it's a lot of ground out there <laughs> to cover. And um, so, yeah, we do, you know, a lot of remote firefighting. Basically, you know, we get a lot of fires and we don't even see them. A lot of remote sensing kind of out in the middle of nowhere. We also do a lot with, you know, fuel breaks up here. That's a big part. So a fuel break is, um, think of it as a line in the sand. So for instance, on the Kenai here, we have 
you know, the populated areas bump right up to the refuge boundary, and then we have the huge portion of the refuge that's um, unpopulated. So what we've done is we've made about a 300-foot-wide clearing right at the refuge boundary so that if any fire starts within the refuge, we already have a really wide break in the fuels where we can we can actually make a stand and stop that fire before it actually gets into the populated areas. So it's basically just a clearing, I and mean, it depends on what, what kind of trees are in it. You know, if it's black spruce, it's pretty much a clear cut, but if it has a lot of birch and aspen in it, we can just kind of give it a nice thinning and, and leave as much of the deciduous as possible. So it, it, it varies, you know, but basically all it is is a, it's a place where we can, we can effectively uh, stop the fire. Containment is just a measure of how confident we are that the fire is not going to grow anymore. So say we have 50% containment on the fire, that means the managers are very confident that at least 50% of that perimeter of that fire is looking good enough that it will not grow anymore. And then 100% containment, you're really confident that fire is not going to grow anymore. It's still not controlled at that time, meaning that, you know, we're confident it's not going to move, but we're still not going to say that nothing can happen because there is a lot of things that can happen. But essentially, if we're saying it's contained, we're, we're feeling pretty good about it, that it's not going to move anymore. I would say, yes, I am. I am afraid of fire and I have a, you know, just a, a very, very healthy respect for it. You know, especially when you're out in front or if you have, you know, a lot of fuel between you and the fire. It is kind of a, a situation where it, you know, it definitely gets your attention and, and you do feel, I guess, extra, extra vigilant at that point. You know, we just, we follow our fundamentals and, you know, try to be as safe as possible as, as well. I think my favorite part probably these days is just kind of seeing seeing newer firefighters kind of in, um, experience fire. I guess, for instance, you know, maybe a couple years ago we were out in uh, Minnesota doing some prescribed burning and, and we took some newer people out that had never been on a prescribed burn before and everything was just going perfect and uh, this girl that was with us was you know lighting and uh, there was just a wall of flame behind her and we were all taking pictures and everything was going great and, and then at the end you know we're like hey we got some great pictures of you want to see this and she was like yeah yeah and so we were showing her and she was just like ah oh, it's sick and she said and, you know I was like yeah yeah, you're right. I mean, that it is sick, you know, so I don't know. It just it really made me happy to see, you know, how much they enjoyed it. It just reminded me of kind of, you know, my first my first fire and how just how amazing it was, you know, like just how I felt, too. So I think that's my favorite part is just seeing, you know, the future of fire management basically coming up and kind of, you know, trying to develop them as much as possible and, you know, eventually pass on the torch. This has been My Life Wildlife, a production of the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, Alaska Region, Office of External Affairs. Producers, Lisa Hupp and Chris Pacheco. Produced and story edited by David Hoffman for Citizen Race Car. Audio editing, sound design, and original music by Garrett Tiedemann. Artwork by Michelle Lawson. In Alaska, the employees of the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service are shared stewards of world-renowned natural resources and our nation's last true wild places. The lands and waters of this place we call home nourish a vast and unique array of fish, wildlife, and people. Our hope is that each generation has the opportunity to live with, live from, discover, and enjoy the wildness of this awe-inspiring land and the people who love and depend on it.